Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Yes. Greetings and welcome to the Jewel Network. The Jewel Network is a radio frequency of continuous streaming knowledge and wisdom which promotes and sustains the activation of the present evolutionary process of immortality and the unfolding of the God Self within the evolving planetary society presently on planet Earth. The Jewel Network is committed to teaching the sciences of life and the science of living. By cultivating the mind of a scientist, you will be able to extract the very best the current century has to offer. You are listening to the Melanology Hour with your host, microbiologist, preventative medicine and hygiene physician, Dr. Jewel Pilgrim, MD, and biomedical researcher, physiological psychologist, and professor, Dr. Timothy Owens-Moore. Join them each Wednesday at 7 p.m. on the Jewel Network, hosted by thejewelnetwork.net. everyone. This is our Melanology Hour, and this is one of the most exquisite shows of the Jewel Network. I'm your host, Dr. Jewel, and of course our co-host this year, Dr. Tim Owens-Moore, and we are very, very excited today because we have a greeting. Hi, Dr. Moore. So we have a wonderful guest with us today, and I want to thank Dr. Moore for being very persistent and making sure that I became aware of this uh, gentleman's work. And we are just so excited, Dr. Moore and myself, to host with us Dr. Edwin Bruce Bynum. And he's just a wonderful person. So before he comes on, though, I just want to give you a little bit of information. I'm covered with notes. I'm sure you know that, Dr. Moore. And yeah. um, I just want to make – you and he are really good friends, and I just want to make sure I get this really clear because I'm really um, – honored here to uh, host him. So Dr. Edward B. Spinham, and I'm sure he has an endeared name, uh, is a clinical psychologist and director of behavioral medicine at the University of Massachusetts Health Services in Elmhurst. He also is very special, and this is why this is just such a dynamic individual, because he has been able to move to the higher dimensions of understanding the physiology of melanin, and because of his advanced um, awareness in multiple dimensions, he obviously is a student of Swami Chandrasekharanen, Saraswati, has gained much recognition in the psychological spiritual modalities of neurosciences as well as melanin. He's a winner of the Abraham H. Maslow Award for the American Psychological the American Psycho- Psychological Association, and he's written several books, and two that I'm looking at here. The African Unconscious, Incredible Roots of African Mysticism and Modern Psychology, and I think most recent book, Dark Light Consciousness, Melanin, Sacred and Power, and the Luminous Matrix of Reality. So, Definitely, I want to uh, welcome my special guest, Dr. Uh, Bruce, that was Bruce Bynum, and with uh, co-host, Dr. Keons Moore, please prepare yourself for a fabulous discussion. So please get your pads and pencils and make sure that you are saturated with the universal solvent, which is water, and when we come back after this message, Get ready for an incredible show. And again, thank you so much, Dr. Byron, for being here with us. We'll be right back after this message.
I'm doing quite well. Everything's going well on my end. Oh, well, wonderful. Okay. Well, things are quiet down there in uh, North Carolina. In the, in the wilderness, yes. It's very, very quiet, which means it's too quiet, which means we can't be talking about revolutionary experiences if it's too quiet. So I'm happy oh. to be on the Mellon Hour of the Hour with you and our excited guests so we can change the world's view of how we look at science and technology. Oh, well, I'm really excited. Um uh, well, I'm glad that it's quiet down there because, you know, there's just this uh, whirlwind of activity, uh, intense activity, I just call it chaos, that is slowly descending upon planet Earth. So everybody get ready. I've been telling everyone how wonderful it is for those people who have fortified and upgraded their nervous system as to how this is really an exciting time for us, you know, with the Earth changes, solar uh, shifts and Sun change positions and our movement into the Van Allen belt yeah. to our solar system and all these other things going on. It is uh, an incredible time for those individuals who have done the study and the work to create a indestructible nervous system. And so Dr. Bynum's work is right on time with all the wonderful uh, writings that he's done. So. He's on his way here, as I understand, so I thought it was very interesting. Maybe you want to share this with us, um, you know, and I really, again, appreciate uh, Dr. Moore for really insisting that I read the book, African Unconsciousness, and I don't know if you knew this, but in the pages, there was this wonderful, very endearing letter that Dr. Bynum uh, wrote to you with, you know, he's really... Uh, so excited about the fact that you finally finished the book and that you had really supported him intensely in really doing this and that, you know, he was asking Dustin for your okay on the uh, neuromelanin and the neuropsychology, the psychoneurology, as he says, the chapter that he did, and he wanted you to just check that out. So I thought that was just very nice. So uh, when the book comes back to you, definitely this letter will be in it. You should keep it has this really nice keepsake. I thought that was just really great and nice communication between colleagues. So in the meantime, what was your um, greatest uh, revelation and appreciation for the first book that uh, Dr. Bynum wrote, The African Unconscious? Well, actually, uh, he's written several books, and that's not even his first one. The one that I uh, have signed by him, he wrote in 1984 called The Family Unconscious, An Invisible Bond. And I'd always had this you know, thought in my mind about the spiritual connection and the karma that exists. And on a spiritual level with families, if you know some, notice sometimes if someone passed away in your family that same year cycle, someone is also born. Or if you say someone's born, someone may also pass. So there's some unconscious or invisible bond. So by hearing and seeing an African-oriented and African-centered scholar discuss that, it was uh, very exciting. And then he also wrote another book called Transcending Psychoneurotic Disturbances, New wow. Approaches in Sexual Spirituality and Personality Development. So with me having, you know, my level of uh, understanding about science and psychology and moving into the realm of melanin and then seeing and hearing a scholar who's a clinical psychologist discuss similar issues from a different not so much different perspective, but a different layer of knowledge. And then for us to put that together. So he then wrote his book, African Unconscious, and so I've written my books on in the science of melanin, dark matter, dark secrets. And we then had an opportunity to collaborate on a book called Why Darkness Matters, The Power of Melanin mm-hmm. in the Brain. So my uh, contact with him has been extensive over the years. And, you know, as, as we are living now in different states, including yourself, you're uh, there in Georgia, I'm here in North Carolina, he's up there in Massachusetts, but there's still an, a, a connection between those pushing, pushing similar knowledge, and that's why with the Melanology Hour, it's now an exciting time for us to have dialogue from different scholarly perspectives, but all discussing the same thing. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you know, it's, it's so interesting as I'm sitting here because I'm looking at uh, this triad, literally, 
that, you know, this triad, this pyramid that we are, we've created now, vocally at least, to do this show, and the different backgrounds that we come from, you being, you know, very uh, scientist, scientifically laboratory-oriented, myself, you know, I'm looking at uh, Dr. Biden's book, Dark Light Consciousness, and um, I was fascinated and had uh, so much uh, reverence for the fact that he, a medical doctor like myself, um, has totally uh, exposed his awareness of all of the spiritual studies and things to the extent that, you know, this book uh, would appreciate. And having come through medical school, et cetera, done a residency and obviously in his own spiritual quest to be all that he can be, the evolution of his brain has been able to see the direct connection where medicine in no way is literally imaging and um, progressing at the rate necessary for what really is the true destiny of an evolving human being. And for him to take the uh, bull by the horns, as we would say, and begin to open that gateway that, yes, you know, we have blood and bones and nervous system, et cetera, but when we start dealing with the brain, there's a whole different aspect of it that really is created for dimensions that truly exist that are beyond what we've been willing to treat in the medical uh, venue, and that if medicine is really going to service the 21st century, that these are the whole new dynamics that must be addressed and must be understood from a standard perspective and truly taught. So as I started out in my medical career as a surgeon in the pelvis of all places <laughs> where the Kundalini energy reservoir resides and then working my way up literally through medicine, practicing uh, family medicine and then alternative medicine and then finally uh, neurophysiology, and I really call myself now uh, a uh, neurotheologist, Okay, and with the use of sacred geometry, have been able to help people really unravel what we call Gordian knots in the nervous system because of chronic trauma and really be able to allow the neural nets of the brain to completely develop where these individuals can reach a higher state of consciousness because the brain now can interact with higher frequencies of thought fields. And so with all of us coming together, this is a really a, a monumental uh, event that literally is happening as we talk about the future of where um, science and medicine and research must go. And I think that uh, it's, it's really incredible that um, we have this documented in, in writing. So without further ado, um, everyone, I'd like for you to welcome Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum to the Jewel Network Neurology Hour. And Hello. How are you doing? I'm fabulous, and I'm just so elated and pleased that you have joined Dr. Moore and I to have this wonderful discussion this evening. How well, are you? I, I'm, very, I'm very good this evening, and I, I've looked forward to this for quite some time. Uh, both of you are uh, uh, heroes for me. Uh, obviously, Dr. Moore's work and research has been uh, pivotal in much of the work that I've done, and uh, I've gone back to your book several times on vitamins and minerals from A to Z and found it extremely helpful, so I get an opportunity uh, to talk with both of you on live uh, radio, so I'm, I'm, I'm tickled. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, you know, it's really interesting, and our uh, loyal listeners have really uh, done well in traveling with Dr. Moore and I as we expose them to the uh, different dimensions of melanin. And one of the things that I'm doing right now, uh, and I want to share this with both of you, is the fact that using sacred geometry to literally rearrange, re-engineer the neural nets of the brain to the universal template for the nervous system. And I see that, Dr. Bynum, in your book, Dark Light, you literally go through the whole evolutional stage of the nervous system with diagram, et cetera, which is very interesting because the uh, selected sacred geometrical templates that we use 
allow all of these circuits literally to come into unison where the individual through specific disciplines can literally tap into the superior qualities that each one of these nervous systems of each lower organism that contributed to the human nervous system can literally be activated in the individual. For example, something so simple from the insectoid surface of the brain, which are all in the allocortex, that individual can decide that I want to be able to lift 100 times my weight, which is a normal capability for the insect, especially the organized insects, and be able to elicit that. So it's interesting looking at your work and Dr. Moore's work as we speak on melanin that, again, this is one of the main um, substances, building blocks of life, uh, transmitters of life that be addressed for all of these capabilities really to be living attributes for humanity. So I'm very interested to uh, hear from you, Dr. Bynum, about how you were stimulated to begin to really talk about the uh, psychological aspects of humanity and be able to directly connect that to melanin. Well, in my own uh, yeah, in my own work, my own research. I mean, I've been fascinated by this for uh, a while, and I I, I originally um, uh, worked in, um, in in the larger systems of families because I'm a regular uh, therapist, so I did a lot of family therapy, and but I came to to it from a from a different perspective than most of my colleagues, given my my uh, ancestral and uh, historical backgrounded, I was fortunate enough to be able to uh, see it from a, a slightly different point of view. And that allowed me to bring in the genius of the African tradition, the West African tradition in particular, in, in terms of looking at the human family, not just the, the uh, African family, but the entire human family, because the, the generation of the human family comes out of Africa. We all know that now, just as all human beings are variations of the African template. No question. Well, all, all families or variation of the African template. And as you know, in West Africa, there's not just one level of family consciousness, the current level, but there are four others. There's, there's our current level, uh, who you're, you're born with, who you live with, and so on and so forth. But there's, a, there's also a level of family consciousness of the people who've just passed, as Dr. Uh, Moore was talking about. And they are what are uh, referred to as, quote, the living dead, unquote, not in some negative Hollywood, scary movie sense, but in the sense of those who've entered a different level of consciousness. But they're still part of the, our, our familial consciousness. And then there's another level after that of those who've moved on beyond that who are now in the ancestral realm. And we have ancestral veneration, like, like most cultures of the earth, particularly in India and Asia. Uh, that's gone out of uh, style too much in uh, Europe and, and uh Western part of the, of, the, of the world, but certainly in Africa and in many other parts of the world, that is primordial. And then we have the African tradition, those who move beyond even that, who've become part of the uh, spiritual realm and, and, and fused, in a sense, with natural forces on earth, and we refer to those as the Orisha and the Loa and so forth. But there's also, there's also the, 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 the other generation, that is one generation in the future, those who are not yet born but whose spirits and souls are part of the loom of the familial system. So it includes our present, three levels of the past, and one generation in the future. And that's all part of that vast African unconscious loom and that familial unconscious. So I began studying that, and that naturally led me into a deeper exploration of the, of the African unconscious, which is really the collective unconscious of all human beings, regardless of what they look like on the surface. And uh, we explored that at some uh, uh, depth and range, uh, for me anyway. And this most recent book that you mentioned, uh, Dark Light Consciousness, is actually focusing more on the spiritual dimension, the actual, the actual spiritual, psycho-spiritual spiritual practice. It's based upon the structure of our nervous systems and the relationship our nervous systems have to melanin and neuromelanin. Is crucial because, as you pointed out, melanin absorbs light. It absorbs uh, quanta. 
it absorbs photons and it transduces them to other states and higher states of organization. And that is crucial in terms of what we have been doing it through evolution. Because as you point out in your, in your work, and certainly uh, Dr. Moore points out uh, meticulously in, in, in his, is that as we move up the, the evolutionary ladder, at least on our planet of carbon-based life forms, the amount of neuromelanin and melanin in the, uh, I should say neuromelanin in the brain, uh, increases as we move up, such that of all the mammals, the ones with the highest level of concentration are the great apes. And of the great apes, the ones are the, are the chimpanzees. And the only ones with more neuromelanin are human beings, homo sapiens sapiens. So that's a pretty tight correlation. So there's an intimate relationship between our capacity as beings, as spiritual beings and physical beings, to absorb the light of the cosmos and integrate it, transduce it into higher forms. And so that's what the book Dark Light Consciousness makes as a study. And so I've been able to draw from all the, from many of the spiritual traditions, uh, but particularly those of, of, of ancient Kemet and those of ancient Dravidian, that's Dravidian, not Aryan, Dravidian southern India, who had extensive trade and historical connections for thousands and thousands of years, way before the rise of the, of the uh, European civilizations. Right. So that is what this book is, Dark Light Consciousness, is about, and, and, and our neurological and our psycho-spiritual and our evolutionary interaction with the spiritual energies of the cosmos and our capacity to engage, to be involved with them. Well, you know, Dr. Bynum, this is uh, an exquisite day for me because uh, we have a branch of our uh, brain Reengineering brain balancing program that uh, is devoted to the undertaking of understanding light. And so my conclusion from contributors like yourself and Dr. Moore is that light literally is the physical, or should I say melanin, is the physical, biological state of the electromagnetic spectrum. So it that is, it Go ahead. So that when we are literally looking at pigments, we are literally looking at the electromagnetic spectrum in its most dense and physical state. So there's well, really, I see it as really no difference between the two, and to be able to understand its uh, various dimensional levels of existence is very important to really understand then our capabilities of existing in full consciousness in all of these different frequencies, which I call, as you know, wavelengths of light. Yes, and, and, and for me, uh, you know, I, I'm very, uh, have a, uh, my thought is it has a great affinity for yours uh, because uh, for me, uh, neuromelanin, the neuromelanin mesh in particular, uh, in our nervous systems, internal spinal cord, brain stem, limbic system, cortex, neuro neocortex is all a very highly evolved loom that absorbs light and it transduces it. And for me, neuromelanin is a, our closest, thinnest, most transparent sheath of our energy body. It is the literally the energy body, the light body, the body that wraps us in the denser material physical body and that probably... Uh, exists prior to our physical development and certainly exists for some time after our physical death because we know that there is, as, as Dr. Moore points out, in the very um, beginning of, of embryogenesis or our development in the mother's womb, it's guided by a neuromelanin-rich uh, uh, direct current that absorbs light and transduces it into more complex forms out of which develops the neural tube, out of which develops all the different organ systems and so forth through in, embryogenesis, and out of which our consciousness intensifies and such until we become self-aware, self-aware. And certainly even after physical clinical death, uh, including not only the heart stopping, but supposed so uh, flatline brain dead, 
there is still some degree of consciousness that exists after that, that has an affinity to the subtle neural melanin net. So this is our closest, most uh, subtle sheath of the life force that we as, as luminous beings inhabit, at least in our, in our adventure here on this, on this earth. Yeah, in addition on that, because the well, power of... I was going to ask you to do that, because it reminds me of your discussions on dark matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that issue of crystallization. Uh, yeah. That whole thing you talked about already, Dr. Jewell, about the sacred geometry. The geometry deals with forms and angles, and that's what a crystal is. And when you have an, an idea in your mind that crystallizes, it's like, wow, there it is. Here we are this tripartite African-centered neo-theologist now on the radio discussing, it's like it's all crystallizing. Because if you think about inside the brain, which is the power unit for all we know and all we do in terms of sub and uh, collective consciousness and just how we operate on the planet, in the world, inside the brain are are those four elements that make us connected to a higher state. Most people are on the lower state because they don't pay attention to it. So the work that we've we've all done is trying to get people to understand through self-awareness. You have biological elements that are almost self-replicating, and they take care of themselves. We're the ones that mess it up. You know, so through Dr. Byron's work, we deal with the issue of meditation and trying to seek that divine universal consciousness by meditating on that original I guess as I, as I talk about in fact, knowing the, the first big bang, the, the, the womb, you know, start out as just a black dot and boom, here we are today with this form of consciousness. So I just thought it was powerful that you all talked about this issue of crystallization and how melanin inside the brain, without it, you do not have this occurrence. You see it on, in, in, I guess, the physical abnormalities such as Parkinson's disease, an abnormality where, you know, the physical ailments, but those people also have dementia and other problems that occur as a result of a loss of. So I say as we express the loss of, well, imagine if it was heightened and we moved it to another level, we'd be discussing things we are talking about tonight. But we will eventually. I believe that is the trajectory of our evolution. I believe that, you know, as our species continues to evolve, that our brains will get uh, literally more neuromelanin rich and darker not only on the surface, which you point out, but also in strategic areas within the brain. The, 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 the critical areas within the, the uh, brain stem and critical areas within the four ventricles of the brain where melanin, neuromelanin, I should say, is very dense and very rich. And through different meditative and spiritual practices, including dance of certain kinds, mm-hmm. these centers be, get into a resonant affinity or vibration with each other. Uh, uh, Dr. Pukum, you talked earlier about uh, sacred geometry. Our ancestors, thousands and thousands of years ago, when they were building the, uh, some of the great uh, architectural uh, structures that we find at Abydos and other places, they built these in exacting alignment to resonate with certain parts of our nervous system. Exactly. They literally exactly. did. And, 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 and entering into the right vibrational uh, pattern that one's consciousness was literally raised. You know, inside of the, the, the Great Pyramid, there are shafts that allow, at a certain critical times, starlight from certain specific constellations to come through. That is all a matter of tuning into, as Dr. Moore said, light and becoming more aware and self-aware and exclusively aware and becoming absorbed in that. In the... Um, in the uh, papyrus of Ani, or, or what's called the, uh, the Egyptian Book of the Dead, they talk uh, in, in clinical detail, in clinical specific detail, about learning to merge one's own consciousness with the consciousness of the spirit beings, of spirit souls. There are chapters devoted to that process, and they, they are almost exactly the same as the Bardo Prodol or the Tibetan Book of the Dead, when they talk about identifying with the fundamental clear light. So our ancestors have known this for thousands of years, and we're just trying, we're just catching up, really. We we have outstretched 
them uh, on the physical plane in many ways. That's true. Not always, but in many ways, although we haven't surpassed the pyramids, that's for sure. But psychologically, psychologically, we're we're kind of like uh, kind of simple in comparison to where their adepts were. Exactly. They, they, yeah, and, and that that for me, that for me is part of our our work and part of the genius and the gift of Africa to all of her children. All human beings are variations of Africa. This is no this is not some sort of racist agenda we're talking about here. We're exactly. talking about the great gift of the African uh uh, origin to all of her children, because we're all permutations of that ancient one of and, and thousands exactly. upon thousands of years ago. Exactly. And if we can just uh, let our sponsors address that uh, point for us for a moment, and then I want to come back and okay. speak more on the uh, origin of the human race so that we can finally also help heal many of our institutions that uh, still are using the uh, content of melanin in skin and hair and eyes as a, uh, a divisatory device that has troubled uh, this entire planet for uh, thousands of years that really now science can totally uh, eradicate. But we'll be right back after this message, and I'd like you to speak to that, please. We'll be right back. Would you like to be smarter, more at peace in your life, less stressed? Are you searching for a greater spiritual connection? If so, what you need is access to the 90% of your brain that most of us don't even use. All of this and much more can be yours by enrolling in Dr. Jewel's Balancing Program. Dr. Jewel's Balancing Program is a revolutionary program utilizing sacred geometry to connect the logical left and creative right sides of the brain work with what we call whole brain functionality. Many participants feel effects from day one, and in no time you can enjoy the physiological effects equal to eight hours of meditation in as little as 15 minutes a day. Act now to start on this life-changing program and become the person you've always wanted to be. To learn more and sign up for Dr. Jewel's balancing program, please visit our website, net. What are you waiting for? Make the move now. If you're just coming in, welcome. And I really uh, suggest very strongly that you make sure that you listen to this archive again. A wonderful event happening. And as a matter of fact, uh, I don't know, uh, Dr. Moore and Dr. Bynum, if you uh, followed the uh, Tuzokan with the Mayan calendar, but this is a very uh, auspicious time that we are now in because we are literally uh, flowing through the spine of the DNA of planet Earth and the DNA portal, the galactic activation portals are open for the next 10 days that are dealing with what? The past, present, and future. And so, wow. the, yeah, so we just kicked that off and look at what we're talking about and the who's come together to discuss this. So, you know, this is a very monumental recording that's being uh, made here, and I want to encourage all of you to definitely come back and uh, review what's been shared today. And um, this has been one of my campaigns, uh, Dr. Uh, Bynum, and I really ask all of you, you know, the Dual Network really recommends that you begin to cultivate the mind of a scientist. And so, therefore, our reading list, as you know, is extensive, and definitely we do want to invest in dark light consciousness authored by our guest tonight, uh, Edward Bruce Bynum, as well as his African Unconscious, and Dr. Moore just cited just a couple more books, and we have them all hanging in the chat room that he's authored, as well as the many books of Dr. Moore, okay, and uh, I really like the spider and the fly. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's well, the one on count. But going back to where we left off with Dr. Bynum, I think this is really important for us to really put this to bed as scientists, that at yes. the level of our utilization and awareness of DNA, 
there is no such thing as race as far as the human genome. And that what we know for sure is the fact that the origin for the human species on planet Earth, as we know it, originated from the continent of Africa, very near the equator, from melanated DNA, which is still melanated, even though phenotypically changes, which I will constantly state and reiterate, and it appears as though you are with me, Dr. Bynum, that due to changes in states of consciousness, it totally changed the neurobiology and the physiochemistry of the human body, which now the phenotype is chronically depicting those changes in thought patterns and thought fields. Is that correct? Well, I would I would I would say this way. I would say that uh, our origins uh, as a species, as a species, clearly and unequivocally, and, and and are clearly out of Africa. All the DNA studies show that. All the uh, uh, blood uh, studies show that. Um, all the anthropological and paleological uh, data show that. That's what all the bones show. Clearly, the human species comes out of Africa. And then as we migrate as a species to different parts of the earth, we explore different levels of, 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 of our experience, different levels of consciousness, and we also adapt to different areas of the globe. And so those Africans who moved up into Europe, uh, the surface of the bodies changed. They became thicker. There was more hair. These are all adaptive functions. And we did so with, as we migrated to other places on the, on the planet. So, and in the process, it also changes one's, uh, uh, one's group consciousness also. So these are all uh, variations within the larger African templates. We all are the same race, but we've gone through different surface changes and adaptations and explorations and changes in our consciousness. And that's because we are still a species that is evolving. And undoubtedly, the, sp- the form of the African who emerges out of the chaos of the present time will be a much more highly evolved creature than we are today. We are moving toward, you know, uh, uh, homo noetus, the, 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 the spiritual being, um, the, 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 the different form that will transcend what we are. We are not the final statement in that. So for me, evolution is, 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 a, is a, 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 an onward unfolding uh, process and our issue is, is, is how we're going to cooperate with something that is trying to emerge that is greater than we are. Exactly. Well, that nervous system is one of the main keys. That yes, nervous, it is. That nervous system is the key. And as I was sitting here looking at your book, um, Dark Light Consciousness, um, I was just recalling my neuroanatomy. Uh, this is on page 99, if any of you have the book out there. And I was like, okay. Uh, four locations identified, maybe eight, but I've never seen totally listed and labeled 12 sites for the location of melanin in the human brain. So this is the ventricles, but also throughout the brain space. Never in the brain space have I seen that, but it makes so much sense to me when we look at the myriad of diseases that uh, individuals are suffering with now, and this is a problem because there is minimal melanation that is present in those areas, and we've identified that that's part of the degeneration that has occurred. Yes, and that degeneration, depending on where it occurs, produces on the surface of our experience different kinds of symptoms. Like as Dr. Moore was pointing out, in the nigrostriatal area, when there is a decrease uh, uh, in um, the appropriate amount of uh, neuromelanin, we get symptoms of Parkinson's disease, which uh, uh, results in, 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 a, in, a, in a complicated and inhibited uh, physical movement, lack of smoothness, and so on and so forth, and also apparently is related uh, potentially to uh, Alzheimer's, the, the more cognitive aspect of that. And also, I might, so that's one side of that. On the other side of that, however, that I try to point out in Dark Light Consciousness is when we're using different kinds of psycho-spiritual uh, 
methods and techniques to quiet and optimally focus our nervous systems, that we become aware of subtle movements. We become aware of subtle movements within the earth itself because that um, uh, that the neuromelanin in critical areas monitors movement, and so we're able to detect the subtle movements not only on the surface of the earth but within the center of the earth itself, which has a, a, a geodynamism that produces a spiraling-like effect of energy. And we can tap into that spiraling-like effect of energy and feel it moving all the way up, not only through the earth, but through our spinal line seven times and out the top of our head. That is what all the imagery, iconography of uh, the serpent is uh, all over the earth. Uh, Even in classical, uh, traditional Western medicine, that uh, figure has... Uh, uh, a pole on which two serpents are crossing seven times. And those are where those critical endocrine glands are. But all, And also in, in yoga, the, uh, uh, the plexis or chakras are called in that system. But the point is that in all the systems, it's seven times because we can pick that up when we're tuned into it. And all peoples can pick that up. It's not That's not unique to to African peoples. I mean, people in Europe, people in South America, people in India, people in China, that is that is what something that a human being tuned into can pick up on. And uh that is uh part of our part of our inheritance. And but when it's, when it's not working Can I ask a question Dr. Moore? Dr. Bynum, since we're all scientists here and we work literally in the medical field, as you know, there's a real problem in medicine right now. One is that, you know, we're going through a 59-year, 59,000-year shift energetically in our solar system, on planet Earth, within the Earth, etc. We have no medical records that substantiate what the tissues go through when there's a process like this happening. And therefore, we're experiencing a lot of symptoms that literally are not able to be addressed or are being mislabeled. And so my question to both of you is what do you envision we as scientists who have moved into this realm of more subtle anatomy, who are recognizing these very strong forces that definitely are constantly modulating and changing tissues, what kind of instrumentation, what kind of uh, technology can we envision that must be created and institutionalized so that symptoms that are being exhibited in humanity at this time that really are originating from these more subtle energy fields that are disturbed, that they can be treated at that level and literally the manipulation and uh the instrumentation of the physical body need not to occur to always result in not being able to find anything. Yeah. I, I like to yeah. Yeah, comment on that question and try to tie in things we've already discussed about this. I say intuitive technology is one way and also the issue of how science is now using something called transcranial magnetic stimulation to alter people's behaviors. Can you, repeat, what, 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 can you repeat that again, that technology? Yeah. The first one I was saying was intuitive technology. For those that are computer geeks, you know what I mean, they talk about IT, call IT to help you out with your computer problem. Well, I'm saying intuitive technology because there's some people that don't pay attention to their bodies. Uh, we talk about this dynamic of a different consciousness right now. Okay, we may leave after this particular program, get in the car and drive, and everybody's looking straight ahead. No one's looking up anymore. In the past, our ancestors didn't have cars and distractions. They didn't have the radios and TVs. They were tuning into what themselves, but they had intuitive technology. They're in or on the continent where those three great pyramids were built looking like the Orion belt up in the sky. There are tunnel systems underneath those pyramids which are now being discussed, but they've been hidden for so long. But people going into the earth to also get that energy. So I'm saying intuitive technology is one way. The other one is looking at technology data, something called transcranial magnetic stimulation. 
people are using magnets that can be put around the head in order to alter people's consciousness. Now, you know from our ancestors and people who built the Stonehenge and you just talked about the Mayan civilization, I, I really appreciate you reminding me that today is the last day in the month of the spectral moon. And as we are right. talking, trying to make this crystallize, the next moon is the what? Crystal moon. That's so we are starting off this, like you said, this waste and all these pores are open and here we are blasting this consciousness making sure people yeah. understand. So I'm just saying intuitive knowledge can take it to a different level. I know Dr. Bonham, you were saying about we will be evolving. I think that we've devolved because we have now gotten ourselves into a position where we no longer, again, pay attention to the cosmos, which is spiritual, which is which has a certain level of energy that people neglect. And once we go back to IT and intuitive technology, we are going to be in trouble. So be careful with the TV and the well, radio. I, I, I think that we have, we've, t- we've taken some missteps. I, I certainly agree with that. But I don't, I don't think it is a, it's a, a wholesale de-evolution. I think, it, I think it's mm-hmm. a, a, a side uh, path that can be and will of necessity be corrected. Um, I agree with you totally about the intuitive technologies, and a lot of it will be when we are, figure out how to become healthier physically, much of our bodies and nervous systems will re-resonate with the earth itself, and we will retune ourselves back into it. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of physical instrumentation that is going to help that it, it, in, in the sense of whether we do surgery, but I do think the magnetic resonance work where we use Energy medicine, that's what the magnetic transcranial uh, 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 technologies are about. They're using the electromagnetic field, and sometimes just the magnetic field, to shift ever so slightly um, uh, certain kind of neural events which in turn, mm-hmm. which in turn affect consciousness. It, yes. it's, right. And I think we're going to see more and more of that, and I think we're going to be... Uh, when we turn back and we see what some of the ancient method, physical methodologies were to our spiritual unfoldment, we'll recognize that these are these are very these are clinical descriptions of phenomena that occur when we apply certain disciplines, and we'll recognize when our nervous system is off and when we're back on track. So I do. I'm, I'm an optimist about this. I'm okay. an optimist about this, and 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 I do believe that of necessity we're going to. Uh, be pulled back on the right track, and part of that is because so many people are dissatisfied. So many people are dissatisfied. Look at us in the United States. We spend more money on physical medicine than the overwhelming majority of most other countries on the planet, and yet what are we getting for it? Not as good as many as many countries that spend a lot less. So there's got to be a fundamental rethinking uh, a new paradigm about how medicine works. And I do think it's on the horizon. I do think it's happening. Alternative medicine, complementary medicines, uh, the integration of spiritual phenomena, spiritual methodologies with our classical uh, medical interventions that that work, both physical and psychological. I do believe in a clumsy way, perhaps, but we will do it. You mentioned that we're at the end of a cycle, of a 59,000-year cycle. I find it curious that that at the end of cycles like this, and we've been, we've as a species have lived through four of them. There's always been some major revolution in our culture. There's always been some major revolution in our culture, and as you pointed out, uh, Dr. Pukram, we are moving uh, into a different uh, uh, spatial um, uh, part of our uh, galaxy at, at this time, and, and so there are a lot of uh, cosmic rays coming in that will have and definitely are having an effect upon our uh, physical and psychological well-being. My own sense is that uh, some of this is stimulating us right now, and uh, we're having a, a resurgence of what is uh, what's called, quote, religious fundamentalism. And I think part of that is that people are genuinely, truly genuinely, being stimulated spiritually, but don't have the methodologies to really focus that other than regressive, hostile, paranoid kinds of ways of thinking about it. I, you, you're the enemy, I'm good kinds of stuff as opposed to recognizing that our spiritual energies are being stimulated as a species and we have to find the right methodologies 
for integrating and focusing in that. So it's really a matter of resonance in many ways, I believe. And I, I, I'm an optimist. I do believe our spiritual methodologies uh, from the earliest days of ancient Kemet and uh, Dravidian India are going to be uh, you know, uh, part of the, the, the massive restructuring of the way that we do uh, science and medicine. Oh, I agree, and and really, again, understanding geometry is going to be a real key yes. in helping to restructure and reshape uh, the nervous system and therefore the body. So, so, yes. so interesting that um, what I'm recognizing is the uh, fractality of geometry, and once I think scientists begin to accept the fact that uh, cells are not just flat like we've seen them under light field microscopes. Okay. They don't function like that. that One of those have a specific geometric shape yes. or template and from that they literally are constantly morphing and going through fractal geometric patterns to allow them to function and they always return back to the template. And we need a technology that will allow us to see a multi-dimensional cell show us these little literal changes in its geometric shape and function, which Dr. Moore has really helped me to better understand by introducing me to the extensive work on the microtubial system and melanin. This is very important. Well, we, we do have some of those technologies already available to us. Uh, the uh, Talking about sacred geometry, those uh, so-called uh, uh, um, Platonic, five platonic shapes, so-called platonic shapes. He got them actually from Kemet in Egypt. But those shapes, when manipulated in meditative state and dream state, allows your consciousness to do certain kinds of things. It allows our consciousness to do certain kinds of things, those five fundamental shapes. And yes. if, our, if, our reader, or if our listeners would uh, follow the discipline of trying to allow themselves to become aware and self-aware while they're dreaming and then begin to manipulate those shapes occasionally, you will find an enormous energy emerges into your consciousness that's undeniable. And that's a very empirical thing that one you can do. Uh, and, and, and it has a profound effect on, on, on the way that we experience and perceive ourselves and our connectedness to the earth and the wider cosmos around us. And that is intimately connected, again, to our capacity to absorb light and transduce it, which is intimately connected to the neuromelanin uh, loom that we've been discussing this whole time. Now, one of the things that, again, we have to go back to the clinical practice because so much of the actual neuroanatomy and physiology of the human body is only privy to certain groups of individuals who've endeavored to study this, the general population is literally very ignorant of many of the basic processes that go on to sustain their life. And what I know for sure is that sacred geometry enlivens tissue to such an extent that the nervous system literally is able to is enabled to become aware of many of the physiological processes that happen in the cell through a sense of sensation. Now, yes. If you say that to the average internist and whatever else, et cetera, that a person can feel changes going on in their liver or sensations or whatever, that is going to be looked at as pathology because in their minds, your perception of being able to be aware of metabolic states and activities in organs or, for example, even in our brain, many times the processes that we use in geometry, we can literally feel the neurons, the axons literally disconnect and literally reconnect to different parts of the brain. We can literally feel that. That ask the average neurosurgeon, they're like, what? No. Okay. So well, I'm that, that, you well, know, that's we, true. Yeah. So yeah. I'd say the general public, when exposing themselves to this type of technology, would, does, they do not have a support system that will coach them through the new awarenesses of their body and the activities that the body is executing because they are themselves not aware of it. And well, so they don't have any, you know, idea to decide, well, that sensation is acceptable, this one isn't. 
this is what I'm saying is that, you know, when we're we're recommending that they take on these new projects, but yet still an environment that supports them through getting comfortable with the new awarenesses that they have in their body in that is systematically constructed, that large people can access. This is what I'm well, saying. I, I, I agree with you, and I, I, I believe that what, you know, what we need uh, and what the humanity uh, needs right now, quite frankly, is a, is a, is a, uh, a good uh, spokesman for this. You know, uh, Jesus the Christ did all of his uh, magnificent work when he was alive, but it would have, if it hadn't been for Paul, <laughs> It would have been it would have been a minor cult that died out. Paul took the teachings and spread them, okay, along with the desert fathers. Well, in our age, I think that we would if we uh, had someone, uh, and I believe it will come along, who is part of uh, their cinema, cinema, uh, their movie making, or their music, did this that people would turn on to it because that's how you reach the large masses of people. And once people find out about it, they take to it. But they've got to be, they, people have to be ex- exposed to it. But you, yeah. you, get, you get someone who, who makes this a major part of a, of a major movie, you find people that will get tuned into it. And it wouldn't be that difficult to do. As, as, uh, you know, and you can reach millions upon millions upon millions of people. I wrote Dark Light Consciousness, and I, you know, I, I, I went to some lengths, obviously, to document everything, um, but it's not going to reach millions and millions of people until folks kind of get a sense of, well, this actually belongs to me. These, these, uh, these, uh, the sacred geometry. It's not about something that happened to somebody else a long time ago. It's about what goes on in my nervous system, in my body, right now. Exactly. 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 Well, you know, I think that that's a wonderful idea. We have people listening to you right now, Dr. Bynum, Dr. Moore, that are all over the world. They are writers, they are film producers, photographers, uh, musicians, and so I think that it's fabulous that you probably have given them a genuine life's purpose, okay, because I've seen this so many times that a lot of the just medical disorders it would be great to be able to pre- present them through music or present yes. them in a where the disease is lived out, the mode of therapy is is, is identified, and then watch the person evolve. And this really, really needs to, to happen on many, many levels outside of just, you know, cancer and whatever else. And the idea that, you know, I, I just have to say this, that we know for a fact that human tissue is immortal. And therefore, that means that with a consciousness that would support a large collection of human cells, known as the human body, then the body is literally immortal. And we need to really spend time on how to depict a life that is three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred years in duration. What does that look like? Now we have time to stop and smell the roses. Now we have time, like Dr. Moore says, our ancestors used to look up, okay, and they basically were not so rushed to having to contend with so many things that are in front of them now that they could spend the time really looking at the stars and allowing the brain to receive those high-frequency wavelengths and cosmic and radio waves so that they would know what the cosmos is doing. Most people have not been able to carve that kind of contemplation time into their lives because they're all running on thinking that they only have X amount of time to live, which is totally erroneous when you begin to really understand that this body has unlimited capabilities and that with a consciousness that is navigating a nervous system Neurotransmitters will allow the cells to access their own genetic library to be able to give instructions to the cells to carry out any command we could envision. This is this, this is this is this is the future journey of our species. What you just outlined. Yeah. Yeah, this no is question. the future journey of our species as we move 
from a, a densely packed species to a, a more